Father, we come to you again, again mindful of the blood that shed by Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the salvation that we receive due to that blood that was shed. And we pray that we take this cup with those thoughts on our mind, Father, and we do it in a way that is pleasing to you and worthy of your name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Though the Lord's Supper is completed, while the men are on the floor, we take this time to take up the offering. Uh, we're commanded to give 
And it's that offering that funds the work of the church here in the community and abroad. And it's important to keep that in mind that without our offering, the work like we'll hear about in the lesson today, the, the mission work, uh, the, the, the classes that we have in the mornings, the materials for those classes, none of, that, none of that happens. Our community outreach efforts, none of that happens without the church funding it. So let us pray that we give with a worthy heart, a cheerful heart, and that the blessings that we have can be used to further the work of the church. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now thankful for the many blessings you have given us. Father, we know those blessings come from you. And we pray for the work of the church, Father. We pray that the blessings we have received from you are used in a manner that is appropriate. We pray for the leaders of the church, Father. We pray that, that your inspiration be on them as they they use these resources wisely and in a manner that, that furthers your name and, and brings glory to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 400, Living by Faith. 400. It's <clears throat> at this time that the young children from two years old to five years old may go to the children's Bible hour. <clears throat> I care not to pay what the mortal may bring to shadow and
Please be seated. Invitation hymn for this morning, number 356, Jesus is Tenderly Calling. 356, where they are. I set my alarm, so I stick to 10 minutes. <laughs> Each of us get 10 minutes, so I'm going to have to talk a little faster here. Uh, I want to apologize first for not wearing a suit. Um, then I thought, you know, you could put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig. So <laughs> it, just, it doesn't matter. Now I'm going to make a controversial statement here that I'm sure it's going to probably, I'm going to disagree with some of you. I disagree with my own wife on this. Uh, we have disputes about it all the time. I must confess. I love the self-checkout at the grocery store. I like to do my own groceries. I like to check them out. Uh, I know some people hate that. But you know what? I've, I've read recently where young people are the ones who most embrace the idea of checking out their own groceries. What's the older adults who tend to want to resist that? It's apparently, the older you get, the more resistant you are to change. If you remember, those of you who are old enough, there was a time when we didn't pump our own gas. A guy came and pumped our gas, he cleaned our windows, he even checked our oil, our oil and our tires. But we got through that, didn't we? We adjusted to the change, got with the times, and we moved on. Time marches on and methods change, but there are still needs that we all have. We still need food, we still need gas. We'll get it one way or the other. Well, I remember the story of jo Joshua and, and Caleb. They, with, with 10 other spies, once went into the, what was going to be the promised land, and then the 10 of them chickened out, so to speak, and 
uh, they weren't willing to go in at that time. But Joshua and Caleb said they could. And Caleb himself, he had to wait 40 years uh, at the, before he could actually go into the promised land. And at the age of 85, he was still ready to fight. The promised land needed conquering, and that's what he did. No matter what age we are, we all have service to do. There are things that need, be, need to be done. We need to stay in service to our Lord all of our life. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us, when we get older, we think, I'll sit back and let the younger people take care of it. That's not the way to do it. Uh, we don't get to, you don't get to retire in the Lord's service, I think. Unless you're in a, in a bed, you can't get out of it. But I knew a lady once in South Point years ago who suffered from um, real bad arthritis. And she couldn't get out of bed. Man, she still wrote letters to people. And she still was doing things of service. Well, when it came to our mission trip, um, I was nervous about it. My wife didn't want me to go. She thought I'm too old, too fat, you know, not, not ready for it. And she was right in both, <laughs> both cases. But I wanted to go. I felt like this is something I needed to do. I've always in my life wanted to to go on a mission trip, it always sounded so interesting, and I, I felt like it was another chance for me to try to, to, to share what I know with other people and spread the love. Um, she didn't want me to go, but I, I went, and I needed to go. But things change. <clears throat> but certain needs always remain. I was saddened when I first saw the orphanage at, at Hunkayo. Uh, the buildings were kind of in a bad state of disrepair. Um, and I, and I remember our first day, we actually took just a kind of a sightseeing, sightseeing trip, and we went to an area uh, that was kind of run down. And I was, I was kind of disheartened by that. And I thought, why do some people have so little in this world? With, with regard to the children, I thought, you know, they don't even have relatives to take care of them. And they're living in these meager existence. And... Uh, forced to live what was basically a compound, which, I mean, sounds like it was bad, but it was made to protect them. Um, but there were a lot of poor people, I know, when we were down there. And there were a lot of people who were doing just fine, but they were poor. And I was reminded of the verse in Matthew 14, verse 7, when Jesus says, The poor you will always have. Jesus spoke these words at a meal in Bethany, uh, in the home of Simon. He reminds us, we're always going to have poor people. There will always be those who are in need in one fashion or the other. Um, there are always going to be orphans. Just like there were down in, uh, down in Peru, I know there's orphanages around here. There are always going to be orphans. There's always going to be widows. There will be many who live without everyday items that we're so used, used to have. And they're living without family. I, I, was, I remember thinking when I was down there, I was kind of re- Remarkable the fact we had traveled thousands of miles, uh, seemed like forever on that airplane, but we traveled thousands of miles, uh, and yet when we got there, these total strangers were holding a sign up welcome, welcoming us, and that really made me feel good, even when I couldn't breathe, because <laughs> I got off that plane, and, ah, what have I done, I can't breathe, because um, the altitude, altitude, but we were welcomed by complete strangers. Um, that we were a stranger in their land, uh, but we were fellow saints with them. And they knew that, and we knew that very shortly. And I realized that people are people wherever we go. 
Uh, we all have the same wants, same needs, and same desires. Even with speaking a different language, we found many things in common. And most of our love, mostly was our love of Christ, our Savior. Uh, regarding the children at the orphanage, I thought the same thing. The kids, kids are kids wherever you go. You know, they all have a lot of the same attributes. Uh, I don't know if you know, I, I teach in an elementary school. And I saw a lot of the same behaviors and, and ways kids act in Peru as I did here. Uh, they're all the same. They all have needs. In college, we, I don't know if you, some of you may have heard of Maslow, hierarchy of needs. Uh, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of words, but um, basically it's, it's a principle that there's a pyramid and first and foremost, everyone needs phys, uh, physiology, food. <laughs> they need food and water, things that help take care of them. Next, they need safety and security loving and belonging and then self-esteem uh, everything everyone has a need in this life just like in the biblical times you know the paul jesus they all knew that people have needs what made me uh when i visited orphanage feel so sad with that even those that had so little they were so innocent and yet they were so eager to help us and to to accept us and to uh, play games with us. They just, they were fascinated by us as much as we were by them. Uh, I know some people probably say, well, why did you waste time in orphanages? They're just little kids. You should have been out there on a street corner preaching hellfire and brimstone. Um, but I remember James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself polluted from being polluted in the world. I think the children were a good reminder for all of us on how we should live. Uh, they were innocent, they were accepting, um, and even though they had very little, they still shared things with one another. We have so much in this life and we're so blessed, and yet we need to realize that even though we're blessed, there are needs everywhere. I have a couple of quick three verses I want to read to you about uh, poor, being poor. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 22, 9, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. And then 1 John chapter 3, 17, 18, If anyone has material, blessed, material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need that has no pity, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I'll leave you with this thought that there are needs everywhere we go. We just have to open our eyes. And all the needs aren't monetary. monetarial. Um, there are people who need love, who need a kind word, who most importantly need to hear about Jesus. So to ask you today, in closing my with my uh, little speech here. Uh, just remember, wherever you go, you don't have to go to Peru to fill the need. You can go right across the street to your neighbor or anybody who needs, a, needs help, needs a kind word or a kind thought. Thank you.
unlike Alan this morning, I did try my best to polish the pig the best I could. Got my one suit, my one tie on today, so that way everybody would stay and no one would leave, at least when I initially walked up, so we'll see how that goes for the rest of the rest of the time here. Uh, I know Nathan will look at me when I got 10 minutes to go, so we'll be, I don't need a timer. We'll be good there. But um, have you ever heard the, the saying um, that you can't see the forest for the trees that are in front of you? I know I have found that to be true many, many times in my life. Like I'm so stuck in my current situation, my current spot, my current space, that I'm missing the big picture. My big picture is what's right here, and there's all this stuff out here that I don't see or don't realize or, do, or have, I'm not thinking about. And I think most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we've found ourselves in that situation a time or two. So let me kind of set the stage for you for a situation that really hit me. So um, I've flown on an airplane many, many times. I uh, like to fly, enjoy it, except for the whole waiting and hurrying up and waiting kind of process that you have to go through. But I've never flown international before our Peru trip. So we fly from Columbus to JFK in New York. Fine, great flight. Get to eat some really good food in the New York airport. Great. And then we get on this flight to Lima, Peru. And the flight attendant they, you know, they give the boring thing that we've all heard a hundred times about the safety demonstration. Well, something was very different about this safety demonstration. Can you guess what it might have been? I didn't understand a word they were saying because they were no longer speaking English. So I'm like, okay, now it's getting real. Like, I was supposed to be practicing Spanish for the last six months and really didn't do a very good job of it. And now... Everyone speaking Spanish, and this is the box that I'm in, or this is my trees that are in the forest, right? So it shrinks your view really good when you can't understand or don't know what other people are saying, and they're giving you all these safety instructions, which thankfully they're all the same. I didn't have to really understand it, but it was a precursor of things that were to come. So I was thinking to myself, God, how in the world am I going to be able to do mission work when I can't speak the language and I have no idea how to talk to these people. I mean, I know Donde Esta Banya, where's the bathroom? You know, I could probably order some food if I, if I had to. But I, how can I minister to them? And if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13, uh, verse 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, um, by this, men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know what's amazing about love? Love transcends language. You can love someone and not even be able to communicate with them. I remember uh, three highlights in my life, and two of them happened two one, two of them happened two minutes apart, and one was about eighteen months, twenty some months later. Don't count me on the math. But when my children were born, I, I've always struggled to try to understand how God loves me. How 
God can love me so much when I've done nothing to deserve his love or to even, even what does he get from it, right? Um, but when my, the day my children were born, I began to better understand how God loves me. Because I could understand that there was, I would do anything for this child, even though I couldn't communicate with them, they couldn't understand me, but I knew that I, I loved them, and I was going to love them, and I was going to do everything I could to provide for them. So part of our um, roles, we really did, we had three main objectives of our mission trip. Um, Alan spoke about the Wankayo Orphanage that we volunteered and, and worked with the children there. And I'm going to talk a little bit about our vacation Bible school that we held. And then Nathan's going to wrap us up with the, uh, with the seminar that we were able to teach. But, okay, so getting back to my, my challenge is how am I going to be able to impact these children through this vacation Bible school when I can't speak Spanish? Well, it happened naturally. It was, it was so amazing. We pull up in this rental bus that we have, and we park at this, um, it looked like a concrete jungle. So everything in Peru, all the architecture, is all brick and concrete. There is no siding, there is no shingles, there is none of that. All the construction is brick and concrete. And all the, the roads are, are concrete, and the parking lots are concrete. There is so much concrete in Peru. It's like they decided that we have concrete, and we're going to build everything with concrete. And that's pretty much how it happens. So we are in this concrete jungle, and there's four or five of concrete buildings that are all around this big square or rectangle uh, parking lot slash playground area. So we pull up in this bus, and we set up a pop-up tent, and the missionaries that we were working with there, they had a Bluetooth speaker. So we set up the tent and set up the speaker, and uh, we started playing, playing music in Spanish, and you could just see initially that the kids were looking out their windows in their apartments. Some of them, we timed it when they were getting out of school, so they were walking home from school, and there was some hesitancy because they saw all these gringos that were there, and it was different. They don't see 12 or 13 or 14 white Americans at their house very often. It doesn't happen every day. So they're, they're, a, little, they're a little leery. And, you know, two by two and, and three by three, they just start trickling in and trying to figure out what's going on. And we start out, we were playing, playing ball. Every kid, I don't care if you're in um, Ohio, if you're in California, or if you're in Peru, you get a ball and you start kicking it around, you're going to get kids' attention. So that's what we did. We got a ball, and, and Nathan and I, and we were just kicking it back and forth, and everybody joined in, and we started playing soccer. And we realized really quickly that these kids can play soccer. <laughs> But we just bonded with these kids by playing with them. And then it got to the time when we were doing the Bible school. And we had practiced and we would planned. And um, we, we did the Bible lessons in Spanish. And we acted them out. 
and then we played, played games with the children. And we did this for four sessions. And session two, guess what happened? The old, the old bus pulls up in the parking lot. The, the speaker doesn't even start playing. And the kids start running out and, um, and paying attention to what we're doing. And, and leaving their houses and, and joining in and playing. And there was excitement and there was joy on their faces when our bus pulled up. Day three and day four, they were waiting for the bus and meeting the bus before we got out. So what does that have to do with, with us today? Um, if you turn with me in, uh, for our reading that we had today was Luke chapter, Luke chapter 16, um, verse eight, chapter 18, verse 16 and 17, and particularly verse 17. So Luke 18, verse 17. And it says, Jesus says again, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So if you read the article that I wrote for the bulletin, the last line I wrote was, I hope that we were able to teach these children half as much as they taught us. Because I believe what Jesus is saying here is you have to run to the kingdom of God. You have to run into service to God. It's not something that you can do halfway. It's not something that you can partly commit to. It's not something that you can, you can do one day and not the next. And what I got from the children of Peru and the VBS that we got to do in the, you know, the kids were worried one day to the next, they might eat every other day. They, they didn't have any type of, of security that we cling to as, as Americans today. But man, did they live in the moment. When things were good, when they had an opportunity to play, to enjoy life, to have fun, to have a different experience, they jumped on it. They jumped on it with both feet. And a lot of times today, especially as comfortable American Christians, we don't treat kingdom work the same way. We don't jump in with both feet. We don't come with, with joy and a smile, regardless of our situation. If we're having a bad day, if, if we had... We ate, but the food wasn't as good as it should have been. So now we're in a bad mood because we had, we had a bad dinner or whatever. Our, our mood and our perspective, we're so seeing the trees and not seeing the forest. Does that make sense? What Jesus gave for you and gave for me is the forest. The opportunity to have right relationship with God, to live with him to be with him, to be in relationship with him, and to ultimately serve him and be a part, be his ambassador of the mission that he gave to save all of us, that's the forest. And we get so caught up in the tree. The trees that are around us, they block us off for seeing what the big picture is. Going to Peru helped me better see the big picture. It taught me how selfish I was, how self-centered I am, the things that I worry about that are inconsequential to my eternity 
but might feel real important to this temporary place that we're in, really taught me that I need to love God a little bit harder. I need to do a little better. And if I love God with all that I am, people will know, as Jesus said in in John 13, they'll know that I'm a Christian. And I'll be able to live out the work that Jesus gave us to do. So Nathan, did I go short? (laughs) Derek asked if you go short knowing, knowing different. I hope it's obvious to each and every one of you that uh, we all very much enjoyed our trip to Peru. And also that they saved the best looking of the three for last. So my, my part of this, this little talk is, is talking about the, what I kind of thought as the main event. The, the Bible seminar that we were going to put on. And you, know, you may have heard us talk about it before. But the idea was that we, we rented a space in the Wankayo Chamber of Commerce is building on the third floor, and we had four nights where we were going to give, we had three hours in this space, and we were going to give three lessons and have time for questions, and it was, it was great. Uh, but what really stuck with me, what really made me see things different compared to what we would see here is, is how people came in and, and who these people were that came in. You know, we, we passed out flyers, and Daniel and his team, they passed out flyers. And the whole one Cayo church is about 12 people. So it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a, a, you're going to fill the seats with, these, with just this church. But we would set up outside of this chamber of commerce with a sign telling them in Spanish that there's a Bible seminar going on. And there would be two or three gringos, which just means white English-speaking foreigners, so don't, we're not calling us, ourselves bad words, but, you know, we would stand out there, and that would be enough to stop the, a common Peruvian in their tracks. They would, they would say, why is this white person sitting here, you know, on the side of the road? And then, you know, we would thankfully have the, a, a Peruvian come, and he would talk to the people, because we, you know, Derek was terrible at Spanish. He couldn't help, he couldn't tell them what was going on, but, you know, we, would, we just invite them in, like, hey, we're having Bible, you know, lessons, and we're going to have different topics, and we're going to have classes for women, and there's, there's coffee and, and cookies, just all kinds of stuff, you know, come in. And this was a busy street in a downtown area, you know, and it's, we started at 6 p.m., so it was already after dark, and it's crowded, and people are walking home from, from the long day of work and from, from wherever they were coming from, and, and men, women with small children, they would just stop. They would hear this offer, and they would just come on in, and they would give three-plus hours of their time. They would, they would, we would give them a notepad and a Spanish Bible, and they would write notes, and they would be eager to ask questions. And it was just amazing to me how, just overall, how receptive these strangers off the streets were to hear about this God that these white people wanted to talk about. You know, I... I thought many times when we talked about it on Tribune, could you imagine if we did this in Huntington? If we rented the super, you know, whatever the big, whatever they call the arena now. It used to be the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, but it's, I think it's different now. 
But if we rented that space out and we said, we're going to have a Bible convention and, you know, come on. And we stood outside and said, come on in. We've got refreshments. Come listen to, you know, God's word. How many people off the streets in America and Huntington would, would give up three plus hours of their time to, to hear a message of God's word? I, I think as Americans, we have it too good. Uh, you know, that's being fortunate is not a bad thing, but I think we miss sometimes the, the real meaning of, 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 of life. You know, we, we enjoy all of the pleasures that, you know, we're blessed with by living in this country, but many people throughout the world don't share in these same uh, benefits. You know, I oftentimes we would be at the orphanage or we'd be on the streets or wherever we were in Peru, and I would just look at how happy these people were, and I would think to myself, you know, don't these people understand how little they've got? Don't they understand how bad off they are? But they were just so happy to, to be there and to learn about God. And it really helped change my, my, my focus and my mindset on what it meant to be a Christian and, and how blessed I am to live uh, in this country and have the opportunity. You know, I've spent, you know, this summer I've spent more time out of the country than I have in the country. And it's the first time I've ever done that. And it, it's really shifted my focus. There's a lot of this world who, does, who don't know Jesus, who don't know uh, his, his message. And it's important for us um, to, to take these opportunities. There's, there's plenty of work to be done in the community. Obviously, nobody's discrediting that. But we've got to look beyond, uh, beyond our, our city walls. So I guess I'll ask, the, you know, you might be thinking here, asking the question, Why? Why are we taking the time to talk about this mission trip? We've already heard about it. You guys already did it. Why is, why is mission work important? Why should I, why should I focus or care about uh, these mission trips? You know, I would, you know, Jesus himself told us it was important to go do this very thing. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, this is after Jesus has rose from the dead. And he's spending one last, a few uh, last minutes with his disciples. And one of the last things he tells his disciples before he, he returns to heaven, and starting in verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus himself, one of the last things he tells his apostles is, you guys got to go. Don't stay in Jerusalem. You're going to spread this message throughout the entire, not just throughout Israel, but throughout the entire world, through all nations. Teach them about me. Make disciples. Baptize them in my name. You know, we have a charge from our Lord and Savior to, to do mission work. I, I think about in Romans. Turn with me to chapter 10 of, of Romans. What Paul says when he's talking about reaching uh, the lost. In Romans 10, starting in verse 14, he says, But how can they call on him whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? For it is written, How beautiful are the feet! Of those who bring good news. You know, we, you know, like, like I said, there are, the, the, there are people all over this world who have never heard about Jesus, who have never 
studied and, and, and learned about what he did for them, what he did for us, and how will they? How will they ever get an opportunity to believe and enter into his kingdom and, and receive all the blessings that uh, come with that if there's not someone to teach them? If they, don't, if they never hear it because nobody ever went and taught it, you know, it's, you know they have no hope. Think of, all these peop- think of all the people in the world, you know, like I've said before, who've never heard the name of Jesus or never understood what he did for them. And that if we don't get out of our comfort zones, if we don't spread his message throughout this community and throughout the world, that you know, all those people who are, you know, might not ever get that opportunity for forgiveness. And then I'm reminded finally of what uh, is, is, wrote, is written in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And what's the reply? Here am I, send me. I think it's important for each and every one of us to take a missions trip. Get outside your comfort zone. Spread the love that you have for Christ to people who don't know about it. How can we, you know, profess this Christianity without understanding that part of, a main tenet of that is spreading that good news to the world? It's important for us. You know, it was my first missions trip. I'm 34. It was my dad's first mission trip. He's 64. And it was a special moment for me to be able to do that trip with him. You know, I wish Leah would have stopped texting me just a little bit about how he's doing. But, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a trip that I would never forget and I can't wait till we talk about the next one but I hope that this next one that there's more than just 13 14 of us to go I hope I hope we have to charter a plane because all these people who are, who are you know excited and encouraged about uh, wanting to go and if you if you've thought about it but you're hesitant talk to one of us talk to to one of the people who went before we've been to Scotland we've been to now Peru we've got other trips planned you know in the works like talk to one of us Go out, take a leap of faith, and try it. Because I promise you, you're not going to talk to anybody who's went to a mission trip who said, I hated it, I'll never go on another one. I promise you, it's going to change your life forever. But today I want to close by offering you the same thing that you know, we, did, we, we were given to the Peruvians. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, God loved the world so much that he gave his only, only son for it. Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to leave the perfect of heaven, to come to earth, to live like you and I live, to experience hunger, to experience tiredness, to experience you know, loneliness, you know, to be, and ultimately to, to suffer and to die as a criminal for crimes that you and I committed. And he tells us in his, in his word that he did this simply because he loved us and he considered us friends. And he was willing to lay down his life for his friends. So if, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never started that walk with him, uh, you know, to now, now is the opportunity. You know, the, thing, you know, the baptistry is prepared. You know, there's, now is the perfect opportunity to accept Jesus Christ, to, to Be baptized with him for the forgiveness of your sins so that you can now begin your walk with Christ and and receive the rich blessings 
of, of love uh, and begin spreading the good news you know, to, the, to the world. You know, I would urge you to do it now because you know, the Bible tells us that the Lord is patient with us. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But there will come a time when the, you know, in, a, in a blink of an eye where the heavens and the earth will be destroyed and that all will face judgment. And without, without Christ, we have no hope when we stand before God uh, in judgment. If you've, never, uh, if you've never accepted him, you know, I'd urge you to do it now before it's everlastingly too late. Or maybe you're here today and you've, you've already done that, but you're struggling and you'd like prayers of encouragement or prayers for uh, help uh, bolden your faith, to help spread God's message throughout this community and throughout this world. You know, whatever needs you might have, I urge you to come forward together as we stand and as we sing. Jesus is tenderly calling me home, calling today, calling today. Please be seated. Good morning, church family. If you're visiting with us, we are glad to have you worship with us this morning. If you can take out a moment to fill out a visitor card in front of you, uh, so that way we can have a record of your attendance, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can stick it in the black box in the back. Uh, we'd love to have a record of that. Uh, a couple announcements before we are dismissed. Uh, life group news, uh, life group three, that's Jeremy's life group, will be, will be meeting this evening uh, after services in middle auditorium. Um, also, life group four, that's Jerry and Greg's life group, will be meeting up front uh, after services this morning. So if you're in Jerry Stevens and Greg Sullivan's life group, you will be meeting up front uh, this morning. Um, don't forget, Saturday, August 26th, is Wesley and Lindley's uh, shower. Uh, they are registered at Target and Amazon. Uh, that shower is from 2 to 4, and it will be in the middle auditorium. Also, if, uh, don't forget, before you leave, to pick up a, a Weed Shine apple. 
Uh, apples are on the tree in the middle foyer. Uh, this helps with supplies for the preschool. Uh, so pick one or two up before you leave. Also, we're needing help with uh, cutting grass. Um, if you can help uh, cut the church grass, um, we greatly appreciate it. There's a, uh, a calendar out in the middle, and not in the middle foyer, but in the foyer. Uh, if you can put down your name, uh, so that way Greg knows who is cutting the church grass. And he, if, you, if it's your first time ever doing it, we have lawnmowers, we have gas, everything you need in order to cut the church, and Greg will be more than happy to show you uh, the property lines. Um, also, we're still needing Bible class teachers. We're needing someone for the fall quarter uh, in September. We're needing uh, preschool age and also Bible hour uh, teachers. So if you can help out with that, please see Connie or Jeremy. Um, also, Young at Heart is this Tuesday. Um, we'll be meeting at 1030. We're planning on heading to China One and Gallipolis. Um, don't forget, next Sunday is the potluck. Um, so we'll have 1 o'clock service. There will be no 6 o'clock service. And uh, deacons meeting uh, today at 530. So deacons, uh, uh, there's a deacons meeting, so please put that in your calendar, and hopefully we'll see you then. Um, updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep John Klein in your prayers. Uh, he's having a heart valve replacement and more tests done on August 30th. Uh, keep Jimmy Wilgus, Sean Maynard, Jim Haney, Amber Spitzer, and Tanya uh, Shamblin in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. Uh, keep Judy Jordan in your prayers as well. She's having an ablation uh, this month. Keep Carrie Wheeler in your prayers. She's recovering from dental surgery. Uh, keep Elaine Witt in your prayers as well. Um, uh, Elaine Witt's brother's wife passed away unexpected last night. So uh, they're in shock right now, so keep them in your prayers. Also, keep uh, Joe and Sandy's uh, grandmother in your prayers, granddaughter, sorry, grand, uh, granddaughter in your prayers, Merritt, type 1 diabetes. Um, also, keep David Houck in your prayers. Uh, he's at home from the hospital, but doing a lot better, so keep David in your prayers. And uh, uh, Jerry's sister, uh, Carolyn Olin, is uh, being moved to Cornerstone, but is doing a lot better. So, uh, praise God for answering all all our prayers and uh, and continuing on hearing them and and doing what he does. That's all the announcements I have. Looking forward to seeing everybody again this evening at six o'clock. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed. Oh, oh, Teen Devo. Sorry, uh, Teen Devo uh, tonight after services for middle school and high school. Uh, it's uh, it was originally scheduled at uh, at Sullivan's house. It's been re it's been it's been moved to the Knapp's house. So the teen, middle school, and high school devotional at the Knapp's house uh, later on this evening. And also next Sunday is a youth-led uh, uh, service at South Point as well. Is there anything else I may have missed? All right, we'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Yes, all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 230, Hide Me, O My Savior. Sing the first two verses, <clears throat> and then Brother Jim Haney will have our, have our prayer. Hide me, O my Savior, hide me in thy holy place. Rest in thee, my glory, O let me see.
pray. Our Father which art in heaven, we thank you that you have given us another privilege to assemble here and to worship you. And we pray that our worship service has been pleasing unto you. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity that our people had to go to Peru. And Father, we just pray that you help each of us each day to realize how, much, how blessed we are of the things that we do have. And help us, Father, to take every opportunity to reach out and to teach others about you. Father, at this time, be with the sick. We pray that you'll just reach out. There's so many on our prayer list and so many in our hearts. We just pray, Father, that you'll reach out and bless each and every one of us. We pray, Father, that you'll be with us through this week and help us to be the examples we need to be. Watch over us, and when you are finished with us on this earth, give us at home in heaven with you. For we pray in Christ's name, and amen. I think one of these days you're going to be up here.